0: You're listening to the Wrestling and More Pro Wrestling Podcast. The best wrestling podcast we can produce with our tiny budget. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and maybe leave us a five-star review. If it's wrestling you want, keep it on Wrestling and More. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Wrestling and More podcast. We're back after what seems like an age since the last time we've done a podcast. Welcome to the Five Count, and I am joined once again by Garth Jackson. How are you doing, man?
1: Good, man. How are you? Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you, too. Have you had a good one?
1: Um, Yeah, quiet one, but yeah, pretty good.
0: Often the best ones. Did you have a nice Christmas?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was good. Good. Actually, got
0: a bit of a lie-in. <laughs> You're joking! Nice. The kids went. Kids went up
1: too early. So yeah. Um, Fantastic. Building toys, playing games. That was the best thing.
0: Best. Best thing about Christmas: building toys. But <laughs> today, I'd love to do a little segue because I was getting really good at the segues, But there's no segue into this, is there? Really? <laughs> today. Today, obviously, I'm joined by Garth, so it is the five count. And today, we are counting down the worst gimmicks. Our top ten. Worst gimmicks. Those wrestlers that turn up and you think, you poor souls, what have you done to be saddled with that? And we were talking before we came on the air, Garth, and some of these are absolutely atrocious. Some of these, you look at yep. them and go, it's no wonder people laugh at us when we say we like wrestling. Really,
1: yeah. These are the ones where you think I can't possibly show this to somebody who doesn't watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, we was, I was, I've um,
0: obviously we watched. Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, That was live this morning. You haven't watched it yet, Garth. No. Um, But I have. And then we are going to do a podcast review of it. But um, I was watching it today, and there's no stupid, like ridiculous gimmicks to this extent. And it was a far more palatable product. I enjoyed it much more, probably, than any WWE show I've seen this year, with the exception of WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem now. They have all these backstage skits, yeah. um, adverts and all that. It just It's too much padding.
0: Yeah, it is. I don't care if the product's sponsored by Snickers, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I don't care if you've got flippy toys that you need to sell. I, I put them in the adverts, just do the wrestling. That's all I want. That's all I want. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to start with number 10, Sparky Plug. Sparky Plug, of course, better known as Hardcore Holly. The WWF, as they were then in the mid-1990s, were going through somewhat of a cartoon phase. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, To say that they weren't taking their gimmicks seriously would be an understatement. This is the same uh, period of time where we had people like The Goon, who would wrestle in full hockey gear, which, to be fair to him, fair play... I don't think I could wrestle in full hockey gear.
1: Yeah, he had those sort of boots that looked like they were shaved down.
0: He did. He so did. He <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. But uh, Sparky Plug was um supposedly supposed to be a NASCAR driver. <laughs> um they went through names before Sparky Plug. He was actually Thurman Sparky Plug, <laughs> which That's just... It's obviously an improvement. It's obviously an improvement. They dropped the Therma but added an extra G to plug just to make it cool with the kids. Yeah. And this was at a time, as we've already said, where WWF fans found it really difficult to invest in the product because they kept trotting out garbage like this. There can't be a decent storyline behind someone who is a failed NASCAR driver. <laughs> I mean.
1: If, with an anger problem
0: Yeah, exactly I'm just an angry car driver I mean it's already taking our belief of pro wrestling to the very very limit to think that an undead zombie is being controlled by an urn carried by Paul Bearer I mean I can just about get away with that but when he's fighting a NASCAR driver <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. um, you've got to suspend your disbelief but you can't suspend it that bad to be perfectly honest but uh, this gimmick didn't last long, at all. Before it was shelved, uh, quite unceremoniously, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Uh, towards the end of nineteen ninety six, um, there's I can't not believe they kept it going that long. I know it's it was mental, to be perfectly honest. But he just he got no reaction, um, as you would expect, really, because. There was no substance behind the character. However, he did come back, and he came back as Hardcore Holly, who was marginally more over, but yeah. <laughs> no less angry. Um, I did uh, a review of Armageddon 2000, and mm-hmm. it's the only pay-per-view to take uh, place in his home state of Alabama. <laughs> so you would expect quite a big pop for him? No, nothing. Nothing yeah, at all. Nothing. But then it's, again, they did... Cr- did crash for at that point? No, no. But he was against William Regal. And William Regal had the crown in the palm of his hand because he's fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. And then Hardcore Harley just came out. Everyone was like, yep, he's here. And nobody cared, which I is yeah. a shame, but never mind. I suppose the gimmick of Sparky Plug didn't, uh, didn't help him in the slightest. No, and when then. you consider, ladies and gentlemen, that he's at number 10 on our list, <laughs> things can only get worse. So yeah. we'll go for number 9. Which is not (laughs) WWF, it is WCW, and it is a man called Glacier. 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 Glacier, played by Raymond Lloyd. Um, He was a throwback to the Mortal Kombat games. Uh, (laughs) WCW basically ripped off Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, You know, the costume was pretty much the same. Um, His moveset was very similar. And come 1996, WCW were getting a lot of vignettes.
1: A he lot spent of vignettes. so much money on them.
0: They did. I read, um, I read something while, we, while I was doing research. Um, his debut, his debut when they had the fake snow and the ice yeah. and the blue uh, lighting, half a million dollars. Jesus. They spent $500,000 on his debut. And they kept the lights low for as much, didn't they? They did. Yeah, it was impossible to see anything. Yeah. Um, but it—I don't know what to say about this. It was just—it was so bad. It was, it was so, every I mean, everyone went that's sub-zero, yeah. and, they, and WCW were like, no, it's not. It's not at all.
1: It's and, it's uh, glacier. You could see the people in the crowd when you come out, and the the ones who obviously weren't familiar with the water combat I just thought what the hell is this
0: <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to read um, something to you and we spoke in the previous entry about how WWF had entered into that cartoony phase and the reason that WCW were pulling ahead in the Monday Night Wars was because of their more edgy real world content you know the NWO for example I just want to read a small portion of the Wikipedia article to you. He was fictionally profiled in the October 1996 issue of WCW Magazine. Okay? This is his biography, and this is a person we were supposed to take seriously. (laughs) As having travelled to Japan to study a fighting style that combined martial arts and pro wrestling manoeuvres with a 400-year-old helmet passed (laughs) down to him by his master instructor. (laughs) That's all you need to all you need to know. He's got a magic
1: helmet. Is that is that where like four hundred thousand dollars went or not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: trying to print you know trying to get it through customs. Oh, Jesus,
1: that's that's <laughs> mental. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He, st- he, he, he recently made a comeback as well. I think he did sort of some sort of special one off comeback.
0: Wow, has he as burnt I can't believe him.
1: <laughs> who books glacier is over-
0: there like main event exactly a special the... appearance from Glacier
1: <laughs> fantastic got garb and everything.
0: can you imagine going to Progress and they say we've got a really special guest star oh fantastic who's it going to be Rob Van Dam is it going to be Pete Dunne no, here's Glacier who didn't work in
1: 1996 and he's Welcome. not going to work now but we can't I'm... have anybody else on the card because it's cost us all of our money for sentence. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> a sentence exactly it's
0: dry ice Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous gimmick. And obviously he didn't last long in WCW. You said he's made a comeback now. Um I can't see him getting over now, to be perfectly no. honest. But this was the problem with a lot of these. You will find that a lot of these are from the same kind of era. And this yeah. is when wrestling was seen as the height of the uncool. <laughs> so anyway, with that in mind and slightly more modern entry at number eight is Festus yeah <laughs> <laughs> now you incorrect. might be, say again quite politically incorrect Oh, audience. good grief and he's not the only one on this list either no. Um, basically you may know of a small faction called the Bullet Club who <laughs> were started by Finn Balor or Fergal Devitt great first name Um, while they were in New Japan And one of the members who started that was Luke Gallows, a member of the club with Carl Anderson. However, before he found a ridiculous amount of success in Japan, as one half of the tag team, he was Festus. He was a mentally handicapped character who teamed with Jesse, and they played... What can you call them, really? Like, sort of hillbilly... Were they brothers or cousins or something? They were probably the same thing, to yeah. be perfectly honest. They brothers <laughs> and cousins. I'm not entirely sure. what. But again, what did the WWE expect? The only thing I remember from their gimmick is genuinely their theme tune, because it was about biscuits and gravy. Oh, uh,
1: that's right, yeah. And it made
0: no sense whatsoever if you step on my gravy. Well, if you're eating your gravy on the floor, I'm going to stand on it, aren't I? Eat and it off you, the table um... like a normal person. <laughs>
1: And he used to, because um, he was, he, he had that, he put on like a really sort of dumb face, didn't he? Yeah. And then when the bell rang, that he got really angry and sort of just clubbed the guy to death.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mm. And uh, it was the whole don't anger festus thing. And it was, yeah. oh, for goodness sake, this is ridiculous. It was so wrong. Exactly. How, how did the WWE think they'd get away with that? Absolutely it's ridiculous. Just... They were a tag team for a long time long time as well. Mm -hmm. Far longer than I thought they were. I think they were something like two, two and a half years? Bloody hell. I think... I know we... Well, we were talking about this before as well because clearly not happy with just being Festus. Luke Gallows was also fake Kane in that wonderful (laughs) angle where supposedly the real Kane came out wearing that awful wig and being about... (laughs) three stone lighter than the actual yeah. cane. Smaller. And, yeah, that three inches smaller. It was dreadful. But um to be honest, this didn't die a death. It only died a death because they were separated by the two thousand and nine brand split. Yeah. Um he was then rescued by C M Punk as part of the Straight Edge Society where, for want of a better phrase, CM Punk played Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Um and preached his Straight edge society of which uh, Festus became Luke Gallows, no, don't dot gallows, didn't he? Became dot oh. gallows and followed him around basically. And even though the straight edge society was all right, it gave us one of the best Royal Rumble moments in the world with um, CM Punk doing his Sermon on the Mount thing, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but cool. there was no real interesting part for poor Doc Gallows. So, so he's we're... our number eight.
1: Yeah, just, him. It's, it's, I mean, I've listened to an interview with him um, not long ago and he, he mentioned about that. And They said um, they pulled him in the office and they, he thought they had a really good gimmick for him. <laughs> Vincent Mann says, I want you to play this dumb idiot.
0: <laughs> oh, you can I, imagine Vince saying it like that I as well, want, can't you?
1: I want you to play a dumb idiot. Yeah, you um, can, you can definitely think, imagine him doing that. I think Gallows was only I think he was in his 20s as well he looked like he was in his 40s I was just going to say Jesus he was 20s I'm sure
0: he he said he was in his 20s yeah so hang on 83 he was born 83 December 22nd 83 Um, he came so 2006 he was 25 yeah he looks like he's in his 40s he's younger than I am now that's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) I mean they didn't do him any favours did they with the faces he pulled and, but, the haircut. and the haircut didn't help. No, oh, the last said
1: about At least he's doing all
0: right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that. Buried every week, the club. Yeah. Though, fingers crossed, they did reunite them with Finn Balor yeah. on Monday night. So, if the WWE which... don't mess it up, which they will, because it's the well, WWE, yeah. we might have a good angle for the club for the first time since WrestleMania. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Anyway, number seven. Well, this could only be one person, couldn't it, really? It is seven. Seven of WCW fame. Never wrestled a match. (laughs) Basically, in 1999, uh, several vignettes began to air on, uh, on Nitro of what can only be described as a paedophile in a white mask... (laughs) <laughs> staring in a window at a small child, telling him to go to sleep. Now, yes. that scares me now, and I'm a lull. <laughs> I was nine at the time.
1: Yeah, terrifying.
0: I mean, good God, what the hell? He looked, they were trying to
1: were trying to cash in on the sort of Undertaker thing.
0: I think they were, but uh, what? And then the kid turned around, and his eyes blacked out. Mm-hmm. It that was. was- Generally scary. It was horrendous. It was awful. Um these carried on for a couple of weeks and then he eventually debuted. Um <laughs> it's one of the on best Nitro. Debuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently it was um reported to have been based on the strangers from a film called Dark City.
1: Alright.
0: Oh right. yes, yes, I know that. There you go. I don't. I don't at all, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the word for it. Um Needless to say, the character was dropped, Um, but not because WCW found it tasteless or horrendous, like every other (laughs) sane human being. No, no. Um, Basically, Dustin Rolls turned up and said, take a good long look at the crap I'm wearing and performed what can only be described as one of the greatest shoot promos ever (laughs) by basically saying, this is the gimmick they've given me. I'm not going to do it. And then wrestled pretty much the rest of his time as the American Nightmare Dustin Rhodes while he yeah. was in WCW. Um, that I mean was so good.
1: Because, I mean, his entrance, the sort of fly him into the ring. Uh. He's obviously on some sort of um, like hoist. And then he just... So you think, oh wow, this actually looks quite good. And he just... Shoots the shit. (laughs) Absolutely shat on it, didn't he? Absolutely. Take a good look at this shit they've got me wearing. They say something about um what's it It says I left the WWE because gold dust sucked and now they've got me doing this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the man has embraced gold dust. Totally. Um but I've got a little bit of a little bit of information here. The character was dropped after Turner standards and practices expressed concern that this gimmick could be misinterpreted as a child abductor. <laughs> yeah. Misinterpreted? <Wonder> <laughs> if that's what the misinterpretation was, what the sh- bloody hell was
1: it supposed to be? I'm sure one of the vignettes was him telling him to come to the window. It was, yeah. And then yeah. just his face is there. And he puts his hand up against it or something. Yeah. It's just creepy. It looks like Slender Man. It was... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. that's it, yeah, Slender Man.
0: No, 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 no. No, no. So, yes. Number it's seven. Just when he when he tells
1: him to stick it up his arse. <laughs> yeah. Because at this time, this is when a lot of them were shooting. Yeah. Um, when they kept talking about the, the powers that be. And he mentions it here, the powers that be.
0: Mm. Well, 1999, that's Vince Russo time, isn't it, in WCW? Yeah. This is
1: Eddie, when... Eddie Guerrero came out and did a shoot. Yeah, Jericho, um, Jericho, uh, Jeff Jarrett.
0: Yeah. Oh God! Um, yeah, a bash at the beach where he uh, basically lay down for Hogan. That was
1: disgusting. Yeah. Um, and that 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 one about where the one him to wrestle, um, the woman. And he's like, "I'm not, not going to do it." <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh she yeah. K- she kicked him in the back, so he sort of jumped out the
0: ring. It's it it was a bad time for WCW. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, everything post 98 bad for uh, for WCW, um, and you're absolutely right. It's you know there were a lot of people feeling a lot of unrest.
1: I think this is the best one. That's seven. That's
0: oh, that's it's, just it's just brilliant. They've obviously spent so much money and so much time exactly. on investing in this character, and he comes out and just goes, "This is awful. Get yeah, it off I mean, me
1: now." He's he's got he's obviously gone through with it to get to that point and then he's thought actually sod this I'm not having it <laughs> it's terrible I've left one character to come and do this yeah exactly and
0: at least Gold Dust, he's a novelty mm. you know he is iconic in you know his own way whereas mm. Seven was just you know he came on the screen yeah. you're like holy shit it was what it's on never on earth gonna is last... this no I've, no he, of course it wasn't
1: yeah, I think he ties it in with the fact that they just sacked Dusty as well
0: yeah yeah Yeah, which, again, he's not going to be on best terms with the company, is he? Exactly. (laughs) And then, of course, Russo's there, so he was obviously feeling a lot of discontent. (laughs) A lot of discontent. Anyway, on to happier gimmicks. Too happy, (laughs) in fact, because number six is the Funkasaurus Rex. Now, (laughs) basically, we had Brodus Clay. Now, Brodus Clay for those of you who don't know, and you would be forgiven for forgetting Brodus Clay's run in the WWF. He was pretty useless. Um, He was the runner-up in the fourth season of NXT when NXT was a talent show as opposed to the developmental brand it is now. And he came up to the main roster as your typical mid-card, like, giant beast kind of thing. Um, But in a company that already had quite a few of those you've got the big show you've got mark henry it was very difficult for him to kind of break through so you know the mark henry storyline the um the hall of pain Mm -hmm. where mark henry became the uh, world heavyweight champion yeah it's actually brodus clay that pitched that idea it's actually brodus clay's idea and the wwe said we like that idea i mean we don't like you for it (laughs) but we like your idea, so we're going to steal that off you and we're going to give it to Mark Henry. So that's a pretty big kick in the bollocks anyway. But to add to that, um, he became a disco dancer. He became a disco dancer and he enlisted the help of uh, Naomi and Cameron, and they were known as the Funkadactyls. (laughs) He came to the ring wearing a red sweatsuit, a red trilby, and would dance to uh, Somebody Call My Mama. Somebody Call My Mama. (laughs) And he would dance like an idiot on the way to the ring.
1: And that's his gimmick. I don't even remember... Honestly, I can't even remember what his finishing move was or anything. I just remember the the horrible dancing. I mean... (sighs)
0: I remember, and this is only because me and Adam reviewed it on the Wrestling Review Show, he was part of one of the Elimination Survivor Series matches in 2012 Mm -hmm. and there was a match between sorry, there was a matchup between him and number four on this list and he attempts um, like a fisherman suplex hooks (laughs) a leg and attempts to lift him over his head and it is just it's the worst botch it's it's awful and it was just the epitome of like oh god this is so average Mm. and basically they made it even worse because then they added Hornswoggle I was just going to say I remember him being in that yeah Yeah. because you know everything's better with a pinch of Hornswoggle Um, and then of course after that they added Albert as well and he became Sweet Tea and oh Jesus it was just it was one of those where I remember I turned on an episode of Superstars I hadn't watched wrestling in a bit Turned superstars on and Brodus Clay came on the screen and he was on about 30 seconds and I went, nope, fuck that. <laughs> Turned off, not a chance am I watching that. You know, when I when I stopped watching wrestling, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar were headlining WrestleMania mm-hmm. and now I've got this monstrosity dancing at me and gyrating when he really should not be gyrating what oh. is happening. Just to cover um, up the fact that he was a crap wrestler. Oh, God, he was... Yeah, he wasn't great. Anyway, um, he's now retired, but he went on after being the Funkasaurus. He went on to TNA, and he was Tyrus, I believe, in TNA. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he found any greater success there. I
1: can't imagine he did. I don't... I, um, I think he, he was in the sort of main event picture when he first went in, but he just quickly sort of dropped down the card. Yeah.
0: I think if they'd have invested... Sorry, Pardon me. Um, I'm fi- if they've if they'd have invested more time in him at the very very start when he came up having you know finished second in the NXT, mm-hmm. um, reality show, I feel that there'd be he could have been made into a decent mid card monster like a mm-hmm. you know like a Mark Henry like a Big Show. But, say again. Like an Umaga. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But he he wasn't at all. You know, I don't think he touched the main event scene. I think he was any, you know, I don't think he was anywhere near. And this is when the WWE were like crying out for someone to go into the main event scene. You've got champions like Sheamus, Boring Face Sheamus. (laughs) You know, Alberto Del Rio, who I've never rated. You know, I've heard he's good in Lucha Underground, but I've never seen Lucha Underground, so
1: he's um, I've always thought he's alright. He's just very safe.
0: Yeah, and he's set. got one of the most contrived finishes in the history of the world. Yeah. That stupid double foot stop. Right, I'm gonna jump on you, but in a minute once I've climbed up. So you need to hold yourself there, then I'm gonna jump on you. Okay? Yeah, don't move. Don't don't fall down. Don't hang <laughs> Yeah, just use all your strength. It's it's contrived second only to the worm. Oh yeah. But, that, know, but at that least that a, had so, some comedy value to yeah, it. That's very really funny. That's iconic, exactly. <laughs> Second, you know, if anyone at home is listening and doing the iconic count, that is two so far. I've only done two. (laughs) Anyway, moving on from Broders Clay, thank God. Number five, I was going to originally just have this as Isaac Yankum, DDS, a dentist. (laughs) But after discussing it out loud with Garth, I decided, do you know what? We're just going to have this as Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs, yeah. Glenn Jacobs has been... He's done the hard yards, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just just, a, just some of his gimmicks, for those of you who are unaware. Um, he was the Christmas creature, which <laughs> was basically a walking Christmas tree uh, with a lot of tinsel and red and white stockings. He looked ridiculous. Yeah. Um, he was then a dentist... Um, he was Jerry Lawler's personal dentist, and we'll get into Isaac Yankham in a moment because he's the person who's actually listed on this list. After that, he became fake diesel when the WWF, in petulant, I think is probably the best way to describe it, in kind of a fit of petulance, said that, yeah, well, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash might have left the WCW, but we we still own the rights to Razor Ramon and diesel. So, and then they bought out these two, and they looked nothing like it. And it was shat on. It's so bad. It was it was atrocious. It was absolutely awful. So they shat on that. And then, thankfully, Glenn Jacobs was given a decent gimmick, and that is you know one of the most enduring gimmicks of WWE's modern era. I think in yeah. uh, in Kane, but they've still tried to destroy that by making him corporate Kane. So you know. But uh, before he was Kane, he was Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, Jerry Law's private dentist. Um, and he entered into a feud with Bret Hart. Bret Hart, wasn't it? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Just yeah. think about that for a minute.
1: So <laughs> Was that after the um the Licker's yeah, feet or his toes or his boots or something, something like that? Something
0: to do with that, yes. Yeah. But he was debuted on a vignette where. Isaac Yankin was doing something quite painful with a dentist tool. Um, You know, if he was my personal dentist, it wouldn't fill me with confidence that he was doing that with someone's teeth. (laughs) But there you are. So, (laughs) Jerry Lawler hired Jacobs to kind of take out Bret Hart. Again, I just want to make it clear that Glenn Jacobs was a dentist. Okay? If you want to take someone out, you don't hire a dentist. But sure enough, Isaac yankin proceeded to lose pretty regularly, as you would hope, yep. against Bret Hart. Um, and then did they have did they have a pay per view match? Um, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm sure. At, I remember Bret getting his head caught in the ropes or something. SummerSlam, SummerSlam '95. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, and they had a cage match as well. I think on a Raw later on as well. Mm. So it was in quite a quite high profile feud when you consider. He was a dentist. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I don't feel like I'm stressing that enough. They made the man a dentist with awful teeth as well. Yeah, I thought I was just going to say he had black teeth in He him. had black teeth. So he, if you can't get your own teeth clean, mate, why on earth? Yeah. I, oh, Baffling. Baffling. Anyway, he was gone by the end of that year anyway. um, He didn't last long at all. I think he was in the Royal Rumble 96, was he? I mm. think... And then God. he came back, obviously, Bad Blood 97, ripped the door off the cage in what can only be <laughs> described as one of the best debuts ever. It was incredible. But my God, did the man have to wade through some shite before he got something decent. He had to wade through some after that as well. Oh, yeah, tell me about it, tell me about it. They have Court not routine. made... If he's not a headliner for the Hall of Fame one year, I mean, good God.
1: Just for um, loyalty alone.
0: Yeah, loyalty alone and bloody graft. Mm-hmm. I mean, you consider as well some of the bloody feuds he's been in. He had to endure Katie Vick. <laughs> bloody storyline with Triple H. Yeah. But it's anyway, happening. dreadful gimmick. Dreadful idea. Again, it was in that period where everyone had to have a profession. Yeah. I think at one point... did you got a bin man as well? What was he called? I was going to say they had a bin man. Oh. Um. I mean all of these we could have done a list of just 1995 wrestlers because you've got Oh, what was his name there was like an alien from the moon what was he called Oh
1: um oh, What was he called again
0: um if you can remember oh. please put it in the comments because that's really going to bug me it was wasn't something moon was it it was it was it was, it was um cuz you got Adam Bomb as well Adam Bomb who's yeah. uh the result of a nuclear explosion and apparently yes. his only issue with the nucleus was that he had a red tongue. Yeah. Okay. What was he called? <laughs> he seemed to have gone off quite lightly there. Oh, I can't right, I'll tell you what. It was
1: definitely, definitely something moon.
0: Right. I will introduce the next one. Okay, please research it now. Because <laughs> 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 that's going to bug me. Else. <laughs> so, we're going to move on and number four is another man who has had to wade through an absolute plethora of names to get to where he is. And that man is Matt Bloom. But the gimmick itself that we are going to put on this list is Lord Tenzai. Yep. Lord Tenzai. Now, Matt Bloom was best known for his run, the Attitude Era, and running into you know, 2000, 2001, as Albert or A-Train. Basically, Big man with a hairy back who was quite powerful. <laughs> I think is probably the best way to describe him. bald, absolutely covered in piercings.
1: Since he had piercings everywhere.
0: He had the same tattoo as everyone had in that time, you know, that weird tribal thing. Yeah. So, you know, quite a distinctive person, wasn't he? You knew who he was. And, of course, was he um, had the three lip piercings TNA as well. TNA with but... Test. Yes, he was, he was, in TNA with Test. Uh, not the company, the tits and ass stable in WWF with, uh, Trish. with Trish Stratus yeah um so yeah uh, he went away for a while um in fact i think he went away in 2004 i yeah. want to say he went over to Japan he went over to Japan and had a lot of success, um, success yeah. obviously with the hype going into wrestle kingdom 12 this year i did a lot of research because i like to know backstories mm. and things like that and he actually was part of, I think, the first two or the first three Wrestle Kingdoms. Really? Um, In tag teams, different tag teams, he tagged with Carl Anderson um, and I think he was part of the original Chaos.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Um, As I want to say, is it Jason Bernard? That he was in New Japan. Yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he was part of the original chaos. Um, So, when they broke away from Maccabay. Again, could be wrong. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Tenzai. So basically what happened was, Albert decided he wanted to come back to the WWE. Matt Bloom came to Vince McMahon and said, Vince, coming back, what have you got for me? And Vince said, where have you been? Wrestling? And Albert said, I've been to Japan. <laughs> so, <laughs> they Wait, okay. said, right, well, we'll make sure everybody knows that. So, what happened was, um, when he debuted, he debuted in a massive, massive gown, weird samurai mask. Big red mask, yeah. Um, I can't... He came out with a manager, but I can't remember who the manager was. Um wasn't Jerry Lawler, was it? I can't remember. Anyway, he... Um, He came back uh, on an episode of Raw, I think, and (laughs) took off his mask, took off his cloak, and basically all they'd done to distinguish between Albert, who (laughs) I will point out again, was a six-foot-five, bald, fat man, covered in piercings with a (laughs) beard. All they'd done, they hadn't even shaved his beard off and told him to take his piercings out. All they'd done is they'd painted... Small Japanese characters under his eyes. Yeah. That's all they'd done. And the crowd absolutely <laughs> hated it.
1: Because I'm sure they'd built it quite hated as well. It. Say again. I'm sure they'd done some, like, sort of video packages beforehand, built it up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, they had. And then when they took that mask off, you were like, what? Who? Bloody hell is this? I'll bet.
0: <laughs> but then, I mean, they'd put him in those trunks, which for all intents and purposes was a big rad nappy. Yeah. Um shiny red pants. Yeah, exactly. And again, he was the person that um Brodus Clay had that standoff <laughs> with in um in the Survivor Series match in 2012, and it was just awful. And yeah. he just looked oh I can't even begin to describe how bad just the entire sequence was <laughs> or his packaging or whatever. He had the really typical oriental music as well yeah. um, Sakamoto that's who it was, it, was yeah. um, it wasn't a manager it was his follower I remember now I remember him coming out um, <laughs> but oh, I mean the poor bloke in fact no Atala lied they had done something else they'd shaved his back oh. <laughs> because apparently all you have to do to distinguish between Albert and Tenzai is shave his back and WWE fans are that stupid they wouldn't recognise the difference yeah. apparently but of course, all the way through his matches, the smarky WWE universe just chanted Albert yeah, all at him way, the I'll entire time. That. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous gimmick. It was the whole
1: thing where the actually, like Did he not did he not talk in like a funny like a funny way as well? Yeah, um, I think so. I think so. And just like try trying, trying to Sort of make us believe that this isn't the same person exactly, just do
0: something with it give him a wig for god's sake <laughs> but I mean this was clearly WWE taking a pop at Japanese wrestling Um and you know taking a pop at Matt Bloom for leaving um to go to Japan but you can't underestimate just how much success he did have, yeah. you know he's a multiple IWGP tag team champion Um, you know as I said I think I've said this a couple of times now, so I can't even edit it out. I'm sure he was either one of the first or he was in the original Chaos stable when they first formed under Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was he was very successful. He wasn't, you know, a lower mid-card. He was successful. And then to come back and have this just crock of shit <laughs> was just, it really was a kick in the teeth for him, bless him. But nevertheless, this again died very, very quickly. Um and thankfully, I think, Matt Bloom is now uh, the head of the Performance Centre and well, doing a stand-up really job are, yeah. from what uh, from what I can see. So, well done him. Just as uh, he's, I reckon he's probably had the most names in the WWE. He's been called <laughs> Prince Albert, yeah. Albert, A-Train, Lord Tenzai, Tenzai, Sweet Tenzai, Sweet <laughs> Tea and Jason Albert I mean good just grief <laughs> basically the same name stop giving him different variations of the same name <laughs> but yeah that's number 4 Lord Tenzai oh god I've just seen
1: who's number 3 <sighs> before we go to that okay? Um, it was Max Moon Max was Moon of. <laughs> that's the one
0: <laughs> and he was wrapped
1: in like it weird space, like suit. A space suit blue spacesuit. suit um, oh, it's. I'll, I'll read out what um, it says here. His biography. It's it's hilarious. Um, it says a long time ago, in a galaxy known as the WWE Universe, oh, God. an intergalactic <laughs> grappler named Max Moon arrived. <laughs> <laughs> the only superstar ever built from outer space. <laughs> it says he made his first WWE appearance under the name of the Comet Kid. The comic kid. That's wow. not even much better.
0: That's. That, <laughs> Jesus. I love the fact that the WWE went as far as to give him a fictional biography. That makes well, it so much better.
1: Apparently, that gimmick was originally for Conan. <laughs> you do. Oh God. No. <laughs> but they had a fallen out, so they gave it to him.
0: Oh, well, probably the best thing Conan ever did.
1: Dodged a bullet. Good grief. Oh, my life. That's incredible. That is I think incredible. He was a professional football player as well. Really? Before. Um, he played for some Canadian teams. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Oh, no, <laughs> that's that's not professional. <laughs> Sorry, any Canadian listeners. If we've got any Canadian I don't think we've got any Canadian listeners. If you know a Canadian person, just apologize to them for me. Um anyway, moving on to number three. And it's one I'm sure that a lot of people have been waiting for on this list. It's Eugene. <laughs> oh, when the WWE made it so cringy to have a mentally handicapped person in the WWE. It was, Again. oh, the only thing that makes this funny is that the person behind it, Nicholas Dinsmore, it was his idea. It's, like, it's just, why? Wait, What? What are you doing? So for those who don't know basically Eugene was a mentally handicapped person um, with crazy hair um, came out in a jacket with his name on the back and he would wrestle similar to Festus get angry at things and just hit people and just then
1: like a, like a super fun wasn't he?
0: He was yeah he used to hug people and mm-hmm. did he lick did he people? He
1: Crap versions of other people's moves.
0: Yeah, exactly. It
1: wasn't was this finisher like a stunner?
0: Yeah, it was incredibly offensive. And uh, it's so bad, I can't believe that. I done it. can't believe WWE got away with it. Um, it wasn't too bad to start off with because, weirdly, to start off with, he was pushed. Like yeah, he, he got was, yeah. a couple of high profile wins, but then, oh, but then the WWE started like incorporating him into stupid angles like there was one angle where he got distracted by a barber's pole during a hair versus hair match Um, and then he got his head shaved by Vince McMahon and we had to endure his screams as they shaved his head which was incredibly uncomfortable
1: and then didn't they give him like a sort of really bad superhero gimmick I think they might have done Well he had like a like a blue leotard on with like a backwards E on it I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. And then he was just basically picked on by the entire roster, which was really bad. Like the backstage vignettes. Yeah. When I watched a couple of them, you wouldn't get you that that wouldn't get passed on TV
0: nowadays. No. no. And then you got uh, I think it was WrestleMania 21, where he was out for some reason, and the commentator was like, "Oh, why is it? Why is he here?" And just started slanging him off. Then Muhammad Hassan came out. <laughs> and locked him in the camel clutch, and it was like, oh my god, this is atrocious. This is awful. Why is this happening? And then Hulk Hogan came out, um, you know, to save the day because he is Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan gets pops, um, again. But just a shame. I'm, wasn't it? I'm baffled, utterly baffled, how the WWE thought they were going to get away with this, and how they did manage to get away with it for so long. I mean, the so man that... is a world tag team champion, for goodness' yeah. sake.
1: The, the sad something about it is like um when I've when people have talked about Nick Densmore, mm.
0: the
1: the man behind Eugene, they've always said he was such a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, he helped train a lot of the people when it was um. Ohio o-
0: Valley. Yeah, OVW. Yeah. I mean, he's. Um, I think has just, he got a record amount of ta- um, title reigns. Was he? In OVW, isn't it something like he's something like ten time champion? Oh, it
1: wouldn't is it be surprised because like I say, if, I'm sure there was I mean there was an, there was an i am sure it was an interview with some like Divari. Mm. and there was an interview with somebody else, and all of them said like he was like of the people that they sort of went through development with, he was the, the shining star of them all. <laughs> and then look what happened. Well you
0: could say that, but you can also say we do know who he is. I suppose... Uh, We're still talking he, about him now, aren't we? But... Had a, had a, what, did he not have a, a program with The Rock at some point? Yes. Yes, he did. Um So I suppose, you know, on one hand, he was given a lot of high-profile stuff, but then he was a mentally handicapped person. Why on earth was he a... La- Why? Why, Vince? What? Why? <clears throat> Just... I think that's enough on Eugene, personally. <laughs> um... Oh, this is my favourite entry. Um, number two. And again, absolutely brilliant. Bastian Bugger. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I forgot about him. I mean, I will start by saying that unfortunately, the person who played Bastian Bugger, Michael Shaw, is unfortunately no longer with us. Mm. Um, but his work... It's surprising. Well, no, that is true. As, <laughs> as a wrestler... Uh, he was given some awful gimmicks. Now, <laughs> we have mentioned 1995 as that year when everyone got given crap gimmicks. Bastion Bugger beat all to the punch. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, some people might know him from WCW as Norman the Lunatic. <laughs> I mean, you you were, you were a lunatic and you don't think Norman, do you? Really? Norman's not a <laughs> lunatic name. You know, Laser is a lunatic name.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not Norman. Not Norman. Uh, he was also part of NWA as uh, Klondike Mike, uh, which is a better name, not a great name, but a better name. He came to the WWF and they thought, you know what, he's got a bit of wrestling experience. Let's make him a friar. So they made him <laughs> a bald monk who would walk round for some unbeknownst reason with a pad around his neck with a smiley face on it. His finishing manoeuvre was to sit on people's faces with his dress up. <laughs> now, unbelievably, Garth, and I nice. know you are going to be shocked by this, this was unfortunately nixed when the WWF received negative feedback. Negative feedback for the Friar gimmick from the Catholic what? Church of New York. <laughs> okay okay you might think do you know what he's a big lad you know you've got Yokozuna who is a big giant look at what uh, Mike Shaw can do no 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 what they did was they made him a fat hunchback called Bastion Bugger (laughs) and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life he was just gross he was unkempt he just ate all the time he was a big guy anyway a really big guy and they put him in the skimpiest singlet it was, ever it was it was like a bloody sm outfit it was <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. there was absolutely just there's no way to describe it without you seeing it um and unfortunately he isn't on the thumbnail so, uh, I've saved that for Glacier. I thought, you know, £500,000 worth of entrance, I should probably put him on the uh, thumbnail, get money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was, oh, just that singlet. And then his theme tune was just someone making this horrible, like, creaking noise with their mouth. That was gross. Um, and basically, his gimmick was he ate a lot. Now, On the website, I have uh, done a review of Survivor Series 1993. And he is in one of the matches. It's also the only time he appears on pay-per-view for the WWF. And he's with the Head Shrinkers. And they do a um, a backstage promo. And he is eating a full turkey with his face. He's not even using his hands. He's wearing a T-shirt that doesn't come below his chest. He's greasy. He's got banana in his hair. Well, banana on his head. He hasn't got any hair. It was uh-huh. it was just gross. And it says here that Booger achieved only marginal success. I wonder why.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I wonder know. why it's. He was gone soon after. He was gone before the Royal Rumble 1994, and it was just a gimmick that. Supposedly, there are rumours going around that they gave him that gimmick because he couldn't lose weight or he couldn't slim down to a better size, which is harsh when you consider that Yokozuna was at the top of the card. Um, But it was just ridiculous. Um, He did also lose his debut um, (laughs) to Virgil, of all people, who, uh, of course, needed all the momentum in the world. Um, But he just jobbed out to people, basically. And his gimmick was he ate I mean, for goodness sake, if you haven't seen a picture of Bastian Bugger, please, please do check it out. It's yeah. it is worth it, honestly. Just for that singlet and watching him sit on people. Is oh, it's it's totally worth it. <laughs> anyway, we have got some honourable mentions. Um just before we get to number one. Um, I mean, we've already gone through about six honourable mentions as we've gone through the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Max Moon so for funny. a start, Friar Ferguson, um, and all of Keynes. But yep. these are two that we thought, you know what, we need to include these. Um, one you'd forgotten about, and yep. one is extremely recent. Um, so, first honourable honorable mention goes to Nails. <laughs> <laughs> Now, nails was a convict. Now, the convict gimmick, gimmick, and I was saying to you, Garth, before we came on, um, the gimmick of a convict—not too bad. But the comic the gimmick of a convict who's been assaulted by the big boss man—that's not okay. I mean, I mean, oh good god, no WWF. That's not okay. I mean, that's one step away from the Mountie being assaulted in prison, isn't it? Yeah, jailbird. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, oh, God. And then he was another one who was gone really quickly because he decided that the best way to get answers and what he wanted out of Vince McMahon was to go backstage and throttle him. (laughs) Needless to say, he was gone soon after. Um, But after that gimmick, which was an absolute car crash... They then attempted it with Nathan Jones, yeah. who'd actually been in prison, supposedly, in Australia. And they billed him as this really dangerous man. And it turned out he couldn't wrestle. Yeah. And they had to get rid of him out of the um, WrestleMania um, tag team match with The Undertaker. <laughs> which did include Albert. See, they're all linked. They're wow. all linked, guys. But yeah, we <laughs> had to include Nails just because it was such... Why did you just leave him as a convict? Why did you have to make it so specific that he'd been assaulted by the big boss man? Because once, once he's got his once he's got his like wind against the big yeah. boss man,
1: then what? He could have done it as he's an escaped convict and big boss man has to get him.
0: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I know, down. but that's like a child's TV program.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just I always remember like the vignettes beforehand, and it was really, really creepy. Yeah, um,
0: and
1: then, did he? I think. Before he debuted, he would just appear at sort of at the top of the the stadium or whatever. He would be like in, behind all the people. You'd just see him then, then he would disappear, and that was actually quite good. And then he actually turned up.
0: Yeah, he, yeah. I know that he had. Um... Oh, did he have? He had a feud with someone else. I can't remember. Oh, the Undertaker. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Well. He was going to start a feud with The Undertaker, but then, of course, he decided that he was going to attack Vince McMahon. Yeah. Which was ridiculous. Not, not smart. <laughs> no, exactly. And then he's he's another one. Oh, no, he beat Virgil. Sorry. I Can't read my, can't read my own notes. Um, so, yeah, he's one of our honourable mentions, just because I found that bit really funny. Um, finally, our last one, is Emmelina. <laughs> and the reason that... Um, I've included this, isn't because it was necessarily a terrible gimmick. I mean, it is a terrible gimmick. It was supposed to be a throwback to the divas of old um, as they called it. You know, people like Sable and Sonny. And what they wanted Emma to do was basically be that kind of spoilt sex symbol is effectively what they wanted it to be. So, bearing in mind that her previous gimmick was awkward and then heel, horrible heel, it could have worked. Anyway, the original vignettes started on the 3rd of October 2016. And it portrayed Emma on a beach in um, a bikini and saying the makeover of Emma to Emmalina. And it was promoted and it was promoted and it was promoted. Come January 2017, still no Emmalina. In fact, the vignettes carried on. And just started saying, coming soon. (laughs) Come February, she still hadn't debuted. (laughs) 17 weeks after the very first vignette, she debuted, walked out, said, you've seen the transition of Emma into Emmelina. Now I'm going to transition back again. And walked off. (laughs) And that was it. Because she refused to do it, not it? Just absolutely refused to do it. And there's been several kind of things that have come out of this. Um, WWE producers felt that um, she couldn't pull it off in rehearsal. Um, Emma's basically said her heart wasn't in it. So, you know, it was next. But, I mean, come on, 17 <laughs> weeks. 17 weeks. And it wasn't even for a superstar that we were that bothered about. No. I mean, if it was like Paige... Or you know, a a female superstar who we actually give a damn about. I mean, but if you think about the women on the female roster, you'd got like Summer Rae who'd be perfect for that. Yeah. Why give it to Emma? But she was probably thinking. (laughs) Exactly. It was it was a running joke by the end, and it was utterly ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, obviously, Emma
1: has now been released
0: by the WWE.
1: she came out and had some really good matches and then they released her.
0: Yeah. She got the uh, the rub of being Asuka's first match on the main yeah. roster. Had far she more offense than... Pardon? She, she beat her, didn't she? No. No, you don't she, beat Asuka. Nobody's ready be, for Asuka. She won a match and then the, let her go. She won, she won a match against someone, but she didn't beat Asuka. Yeah. She had two matches against Asuka. She, beat, she had the match at TLC, match yeah. on Raw then got released the day after, (laughs) which is just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Anyway, our number one, our number one pick for our worst gimmicks is Repo Man. Repo Man is the worst gimmick, and nothing you can say to us will change our mind. He is (laughs) bloody awful. Now, for a bit of context to this character... Barry D'Arso, who was the man behind the mask with the worst laugh in the history of the company. He, That's like a cartoon. Oh, don't even get me started. Um, he was one half of Demolition. He was also Smash of Demolition. Demolition, up until very, very recently, were the longest reigning tag team champions in WWF history. Um, but once they decided that they didn't want to be together anymore, or they were forced apart, he decided, yes, he decided, that he was going to become a repo man and <laughs> repossess people's shit. Again, it was one of those jobs that the oldest had to do. It was just... unbelievable. I mean, it was 1991, so it was before the influx of characters. It was his bloody idea. <laughs> That's what makes it worse. His costume looked ridiculous he got like this weird Zorro head thing on and yeah. then he got that grey thing that made him look like the Riddler and the the, the tow hook yeah he got a tow rope with him all the way, everywhere <laughs> and they used to hang people from the ropes with it and unfortunately <laughs> the most enduring memory of him for me is the 1992 Royal Rumble possibly the greatest Royal Rumble in history and he <laughs> bloody opens it yeah he starts the match off with that stupid little laugh, and it's so annoying. I can't begin to describe how irritating it is. I mean, he had a
1: feud with the British Bulldog, but it was crap. One with, um, I always remember the one he had with um, Randy Savage, because he nicked his hat.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, for goodness sake.
1: He repossessed his hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, just, he used to take things from people. How is that a gimmick? he was part of one of the most successful tag teams in WWF history and then you make him a man who pinches things and runs off <laughs> I mean for god's sake oh needless to say this only lasted two years and he was, he was gone in 1993 or the character was gone in 1993 but obviously this lends itself to being a heel would you agree? <laughs> Yep. The plans were for him to go face. (laughs) Ow! What? Ow!
1: What? What What was was he going to steal? Give people stuff back.
0: Steal Jake snake, Robert's (laughs) snake? Ridiculous. (laughs) Utterly ridiculous gimmick. I mean, talk about booking yourself into a gimmick with a glass ceiling. Where on earth is that gimmick going? Can you imagine? And your new WWE champion, Repo Man you know you're not going to have the main event of wrestlemania being hulk hogan versus the repo man <laughs> it was oh it honestly it's the most infuriatingly stupid gimmick that i can think of
1: and the, at no point could he or did he go back to the the sort of demolition thing no because they were an absolute laughing stock. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is
0: demolition. I mean, they wore GIMP suits and face paint. <laughs> but Repo Man is more of an embarrassment than Man in Bondage attire. Explain that to me. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, oh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of our list of our worst. Ten worst uh, gimmicks. I'm sure there are plenty more out there. WWE have got just a plethora of awful gimmicks that they've given out. Max Moon, for example,
1: is <laughs> just is just one of them. I've got to uh, mention. Um, what's he called? The Renegade. Oh God! WCW. Yeah. WCW. <laughs> oh, the thing was with him,
0: the build up from Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 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 He's obviously building up to the Warrior. And then they realise that they can't get warrior and he has to say, Yeah, I have a person, brother, but it's not the warrior. <laughs> He's a renegade. And then this like pound land ultimate warrior sprints yeah. down and everyone goes, Oh for God's sake. <laughs> Big R on his face. And then he gets like but he got a mid didn't he wasn't he the T V champion at one point?
1: Oh, I'm sure he got a push. <laughs>
0: But obviously that got nixed when Ultimate Warrior came to the company for his five-star classic with Hogan at Halloween Havoc. Got on. With the fight, the infamous Fireball. <laughs> but yeah, he's also another awful... G- Again, there are so many gimmicks that you could give. So many. Because wrestling, unfortunately, lends itself to the utterly bizarre... Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, Stardust. Why on earth would you give Cody Rhodes who is proving on the independent scene in New Japan, in Ring of Honor, what a talent he is. And you got him face-painted as a cosmic entity in the WWF. I,
1: think, I, think, I suppose on his party, just to sort of stick it to them, he actually gave us all.
0: Yeah, but got what it over can he a do? Bit, but...
1: Exactly. What yeah. can
0: he do? I mean, for goodness sake, he was a carbon copy of Goldust. It wasn't yeah. even like Goldust wasn't with the company. They were a tag team. Oh, unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Shockmaster. Shockmaster. Oh, (laughs) shockmaster. Both him and what they tried to do with him afterwards, where they just made him a really clumsy builder. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Brilliant.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. There are some really truly awful gimmicks out there, ladies and gentlemen. If you are ever having a bad day, okay, Google bad wrestling gimmicks and you will instantly feel better. Okay? Because yes. Your job might suck. Yes, you might be having trouble at home, but at least you don't have to have a red mohican and call yourself the Red Rooster. <laughs> okay, it could be so much worse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any ideas for what you'd like us to count down next, please leave it on the comments. Talk to us at twi- on Twitter, Facebook. Garth, where can they find you? I'm uh, at Drummer Jackson on Twitter. Fantastic. I'm at Real Rob Godwin, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Take it easy. You've been listening to Wrestling and More's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WAM Podcast UK, on Facebook, and check out the website Wrestling and Until next time, wrestling fans.